Welcome to Hike, Bike, Run, the official podcast of the Western Front Way. We talk modern commemoration, endurance events, hiking, biking, and making it happen. I'm your host, Rory Forsyth, CEO of the Western Front Way. Now, today's sensational guest is, in fact, the person who sparked this great movement and the first person to walk its entire length. The genesis of not just what is the Western Front Way, but my entire career, and what is the largest commemorative concept in the world, a beacon in education, a supremely talented writer and commentator, and mostly a wonderful human. Please welcome Anthony Seldon. Good morning. Lovely to be with you. So I always start by, I mean, the, the First World War had a huge impact on so many. Do you have a, a personal family connection to the Western Front? I think we all do, Rory. And even those with no family connection have been touched and affected by those whose family uh, was uh, damaged uh, in some way or other by that uh, First World War. For, for me, um, uh, very quickly, my father's parents, um, Jewish immigrants from uh, Ukraine, near, uh, just near uh, Kiev, they came over uh, with their five young children in search of a better life and, uh, and escaping uh, persecutions and uh, they died in the influenza plague in 1918 which was a byproduct of the first world war and on my mother's side her father was shot in the head in Ypres in December 1914 with the London Rifle Brigade and that was the end of his career he was training to be a doctor he was uh, passionate um, about serving others um, and he'd become best friends of Henry Williamson, who wrote Tark of the Otter, who then went on to write a series of books called Chronicles of the Ancient Sunlight, based in part on his relationship with my grandfather. And he, my grandfather then became a communist when uh, Henry Williamson went rightwards, in far rightwards in the 1930s. So, yeah, I mean, you know, look, and uh, everybody has, um, as I said... So that was part of the motivation for me, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a staggering story. And I mean, we, it's amazing in a sense that modern world, it moves very quickly, but this hallowed time in November, you know, this, when we get to November the 11th and there's this two minute silence and no matter where you are, people still respect it and stop. Is, is there anything that comes into your mind during that two minute silence? Um, anything in particular from the Western Front way or, or is it, is it more of a kind of traditional view of, of soldiers and Tommies? So, uh, in silence, uh, uh, deep things come out of the unconscious mind and come out of, uh, I think, the collective human memory that we, uh, we can sometimes forget even before the two minutes are over. And there is a collective heartbeat of uh, those who fought and a collective groan uh, of agony, of suffering, but agony of relief and release too when the war finally was over. Uh, so, so many things, Rory, and often things... Uh, which are so fleeting and so deep that there isn't the language to be able to describe exactly what happened in those two minutes. Okay. Yes, I mean, they are, they are a very 
personal time, those two minutes. And uh, I mean, given that I'm sitting here with you, uh, of all the people I could ask, uh, the Western Front Way, when was there a moment where you just you you found this letter from Gillespie? I mean, what what was it about it that made you think this is something I'm going to commit to? So uh, <laughs> the letter was found by my co-author, David Walsh, with whom you have a very close connection yourself, Rory, um, from school. And we were writing a book uh, on the First World War and schools. And he found the letter at Winchester College and said, I think uh, this is going to interest you. And of course it did, because it was an idea of uh, of a path of peace. It was an action idea that's become this great walking and cycling uh, journey, pilgrimage, mission, route. Um, and, um, but, but all my life, I think I've been trying to build bridges between different people. I'm mm-hmm. much more interested in what we share rather than what divides us. And um, I'm always worried about people who are incredibly partisan. As Yates said, the best lack all conviction, the worst are full of passionate intensity. I mean, I certainly agree with the second part of that, about the worst being full of passionate intensity. Uh, I mean, I think the best can have convictions, um, uh, and it's important to have convictions, but to, to be aware of people who hold different convictions. And the yeah. point about this walk is that he, from the very beginning, was saying this was um, remembering the dead from both sides and people all across Europe. This wasn't a, a British uh, mm. Commonwealth imperial uh, French rah-rah-rah uh, uh, with the victors. It mm. was reaching out beyond and doing something uh, physical about it. And also the fact that it was so deeply imbued with nature. He wanted this to be a, a walk, cycle ride, uh, through nature, tree-shaded, he talked about. He talked about the agony of the soil and the plants and the destruction of the natural life by the poison of the shells and the decaying feces and human remains and uh, and how the whole water systems, ecosystems, were uh, polluted. He wondered if they'd ever come back again. Um, and out of that phoenix-like has sprung this walk uh track trail yeah so all those things i think worry yeah i mean that's that's i think pulling on that thread of building bridges i think that's one of the things i naturally admire about you most is your ability to do that in so many different fields um the path of peace i mean it it is actually sitting in front of me you're you're quite staggering staggering work which has opened the western front way up to so many people and that building of bridges. I mean, walking as a process is something you've always done. Do you find walking, it's the actual action quite peaceful? Does it bring you... Yeah, hey, you know, I mean, a bit of realism there. I mean, often about sort of five minutes in, I think, sometimes I think, oh, no, actually, I'm a little <laughs> bit tired or I'm not certain I really want to do this. Or my... Um, I've actually pulled that muscle... Um, Doing yoga helps, but doesn't always help um, avert that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, uh, with Dad, we would go on long walks when I was a child. And um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing for families. 
I mean, children find, don't see the point often in walking. I mean, like, why can't we take the car? Uh, <laughs> or, or, or uh, um, and, uh, and it takes time to, to, for them to feel the benefit of the fact they've come back and uh, they've seen the, the land in a different way that you come back and there's that lovely exhaustion that you feel. Yeah. And then just before you go to sleep, you can recall uh, where you were and the, the wind on your face and you feel somehow nurtured by it. Mm. I, think that, I think that is very much the case. And you said about Gillespie you know, being surrounded by nature and that was one of his things. I mean, on the Western Front, it's, it's, it's quite compounded because you're walking, you're quite quiet. I mean, we walked together for some days. But there is that sense of, of what was given. It's, it's almost, I don't know about you, but it almost, it, it helped me when I'm walking or running long distance to think of what was given over there. Um, I don't know if that was, was that a source of strength for you when you were walking all that way, going past all the headstones? Yeah, I mean, you know, as we talked about when we were out walking, Rory, um, and by the way, you found me at a particularly physically vulnerable moment, that it, it was certainly gained strength from you know, the fact that my feet were heavily blistered mm. to think about the fact that the soldiers on both sides were infinitely worse with their feet. I mean, we weren't, we weren't sort of staying static uh, with our feet in, in dirty, cold water, mm. were we? Um, when it rained once. Um, yeah, it really rained. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> seriously rained. Uh, and uh, that was the one day that I didn't bring my top. You see, I was so desperate that even the weight of a of a, uh, a, of a uh, cagoule um, to keep off the rain, I'd kept it at home that morning. I remember thinking, should I take it now? Mm. And we did get we got so wet that I remember I was worried about my passport yep. uh, because there was nowhere I could keep my passport dry because we were just wet all the way through. But we just managed to find a bit of plastic and put it, wrap that round it. Uh, you wisely, I think, could have left your passport at home. Anyway, we were... <laughs> but the thing was, it was so funny. And you thought, well, you know, who cares? I mean, you know, we were getting wet to the bone, but it wasn't cold. Uh, it was... Yeah, then the sun came out after that uh, hail, rainstorm passed us. Um, so, you know, you're constantly thinking, you know, when you're hungry or stomach was upset or at one point my teeth were aching or one tooth was aching. You thought, this is nothing compared to what mm. they were feeling. Or, you know, I often slept badly on the journey despite being physically exhausted. Uh, you thought, you know, again, you know, the, they would have got two hours sleep a night, maybe if they were lucky, uh, night after night. So uh, thinking back about their experience and how much uh, better, you know, and that sense of, you know, relatives. So I now run a school and, you know, all the time you see in schools with children and the families that there isn't that sense of, uh, of relative, you know, thinking of how, um, yeah, of course, okay, maybe you didn't get a part in the play or maybe you didn't get the mark you wanted in a French test, but... Mm. You know, think about Ukraine. Think about what's happening across much of Africa. Uh, think about um, you know, the, the the destitution and that sense of uh, of being aware of something bigger than yourself helps gain the sense of perspective that uh, you know 
so many young people, wherever they are, however good their schools and families often lack. Yeah, I, th- I think as, as we've evolved, um, not just the Western Front way, but you and I, I've, I, I can't help feeling that thanks to you and for calling me after I wrote to you back in 2016, we are almost providing a platform, a place where people can be allowed to think, you know, of their place in the world or they can find peace. Um, I mean, do you, do you, how do you see the Western Front Way? When, when we're at the end of all this, um, what, what is the Western Front Way for you? Is it, is it somewhere where children can go from different countries or is it modernising remembrance? Okay, so two things on that. First is that uh, my experience of life is that we should always try to make things work, but some things will fly and others uh, won't. And all my life, there have been things that I've fought for which just haven't happened. Mm. And there are other things that, that have. And this is one that has, Rory. So the fact that you wrote to me very early on uh, after the idea came to mind in the sense that we should not just talk about this as an idea, but we should actually make the walk happen. Um, in 2016, and you and I were out there doing a series of tasters along the route all the way from uh, the Swiss border yeah. and the Vosges Mountains all the way back up to the North Sea. Uh, and then the decision five years later that I would uh, walk it myself um, and uh, it just everything fell into place so the mm-hmm. fact that you came along and you had the time and other people and the fact that Tom Heap uh, Gillespie's nephew Tom Heap famous from BBC uh, Countryfile um, television programme and the family and the family got in touch and other well wishers yeah. it, it's just been one of those things that has just felt almost as if one wasn't doing anything because it had its own energy. Almost like Gillespie, 100 years later, has been stage managing all of this uh, and making it happen. So fast forward to the second point, which is, you know, what is it doing? Well, it's doing many things, as well as honouring those who fell and those who were wounded and those who fought, um, and the farmers whose lands and villages and lives were destroyed um, because of it, not just on this front, not just in this war, but in all wars. Mm. So, you know, it, that's all part of it. Uh, but also, in our lives, we lack time to take time out to do things. So, um, life is so frenetic. Uh, people are at school, they go to uni, or they don't go to university, they start a job, or they don't have a job. Uh, they're getting a mortgage or they're not getting a mortgage um, their kids to school and no kids uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's always pressure pressure and and in what's lost in all that is time out to think uh, and to take stock of where we are and Western Front Way is a great stock taker a great opportunity to take stock of um, uh, of what uh, we have and where one's life is and most people if we're honest uh, their life is malaligned. It's like you're on a journey, but actually you're off the course of your journey. You are five miles due west of where you should have been. And this walk can be a chance to refocus one's life with one's core values and beliefs and mission and get back with what really matters and what's really important in one's life so that the pressing 
and the urgent doesn't trump as it so often does the important and the valuable yeah. um, all those you know, journeys all those anxieties am I going to miss this should I be at that event have I been invited to this la 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 <laughs> and it goes, I mean it's all rubbish I mean it's not rubbish but, but, but it's, it's secondary to the deep things yep. that really matter so the walk is an opportunity for people to think hey what really matters how do I rethink, replot my life, restore broken relationships, um, and live a life in, that is full of harmony? The walk, as Douglas Gillespie, the original soldier, wanted it to be a path of peace, a path of mm. harmony. We have to find harmony in our own lives. So going on this walk is an opportunity to do it. Okay, that's amazing. And I mean, it's, you know, the, the very last question I'll ask is, um, have you got another walk in you? Uh, uh, getting this walk, Rory, happening uh, and seeing it happen, encouraging it, is, as I say in a book I wrote called The Path of Peace, at the end of the book, you know, this is my life, this is the greatest thing in my life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might, um, I might go on and carry on walking all the way from uh, kilometre zero through the sites of the Second World War coming up uh, through uh, the Rhine Valley, through Munich. Munich, Bavaria, through Dresden, uh, Berlin, into uh, Poland, finishing at Auschwitz, wow. uh, uh, and trying to find uh, light. So it'd be called the path to light. Those people who didn't succumb to evil and and brutality, uh, and let the human spirit flourish. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that would just be you know that would be a, a walk going out towards Ukraine front line. But you know. That might not happen. No. I don't know. Uh, but this is this is the, the deal. Okay. This is the deal, Rory. Okay. Well, Anthony, you're a, you're a tremendously busy man. So thank you so much for your time. The original pilgrim. Uh, and without you, there would be no Western Frontway. So thank you so much. My pleasure.